passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, 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 blue this, this is the pod, is the for, you. pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. What do we say to death? Not today. It is EJ Stewart. It is Tommy Beer. It is Orange and Blue Bloods, the New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey, WFAN original. Knicks still alive after a big Game 5 win. We'll talk about how they got the W at Madison Square Garden. It came from an absolute epic performance from point guard Jalen Brunson. A 48-minute masterclass. Great games from R.J. Barrett. Balance back game from Julius Randle. Gutsy performance from Quentin Grimes. So we'll talk about all the stars from this game as the Knicks keep their keep their season going into a Game 6. We'll preview that Game 6. That game will be held on Friday in Miami. So, the Knicks have now got it to six. Can they push it to seven? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what needs, needs to be done for the Knicks to get that game six W. And Julius Randle, named to the All-NBA team. Jalen Brunson, not named to the All-NBA team. So we'll break down whether or not those were the right selections. Again, it's Orange and Blue Bloods. Tommy's with me as always. Tommy, Knicks are alive. How you feeling? Knicks are alive. We got another game to preview, to talk about, to look forward to. Um, and that's largely thanks to Mr. Jalen Brunson, who had a Ooh. performance for the ages. Um, if, big if, the Knicks win game six, somehow survive the humidity down in South Beach and um, <laughs> yeah. bring it and back to the park. The, the muscles muscle don't get too, get too uh, sore. <laughs> exactly. The exactly. The heat, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, win game six, find a way, get to a game seven, take game seven at home. Um, if that happens, um, this game by Jalen Brunson will be talked about for a really long time, um, and we'll go down in the annals of MSG history. Um, and, uh, yeah, we got uh, plenty to discuss. Um, I know you were in the building last night. Um, looking forward to yeah. hearing your thoughts. So uh, let's talk a little bit about it, shall we? 
Yes, let's do it. So we got, again, Knicks win this one. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey, WFA, and Original, a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. We drop three times a week still because the Knicks season is still going on, so three times a week still. So you got another one coming. Um, well, this is the third one this week. We'll have uh, more next week. We'll see if it'll continue to be three because we'll know by then uh, if the Knicks are playing a game seven that they're going to advance. So keep uh, subscribing. Keep hitting that auto-download feature on your auto audio streaming service. Also, check us out on YouTube. Our videos are both on the WFTN and the Odyssey Sports Channel. So you want to watch the, the, the podcast, you want to watch segments from the show, you can check that out on the YouTube channels, uh, Odyssey Sports and WFTN. So let's get to this Knicks game. So Knicks live to fight another day. They beat the Miami Heat in game five at Madison Square Garden, 102-103. New York trailed by as much as 10 points in the first quarter after some ghastly shooting. Uh, turned things around a big way in the second quarter. New York uh, outscored the Heat 36-23 in the second quarter. That was a major shift in this game. Jalen Brunson, who led all scorers in this game, like I said, with a 38.48-minute masterclass, scored 14 points in that second quarter. R.J. Barrett scored 10 points in that second quarter. He finished with 26. Julius Randle also started to turn it around in that second quarter. He had a nice bounce-back game overall. He had a very poor performance in the first quarter. It looked like it was going to be another disaster class from Randall. He rebounded to come back and, and finish with 24 points in this one. New York dominated much of the third quarter, coming out of the halftime, pushed leads up to as high as 19. Miami would storm back in the fourth quarter. Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry hitting some big threes. They also missed some big threes that would have put Miami a tie or ahead in this game down the stretch. Jalen Brunson, another big quarter in the fourth. He had 10 in the fourth quarter. Clutch free throws from Mitchell Robinson, of all people. He went three for four down the stretch. RJ Barrett had some big free throws to seal the win. And the Knicks continue their season. So the story of this game, of course, has got to begin with Jalen Brunson. When you think of all-time great Knicks performances in the playoffs, does Brunson's rise up to that level with some of the greatest? I know we have guys who won championships, but when maybe you take those outside of that, where is Brunson's performance ranking in your eyes? Yeah, I, I I understand the enthusiasm, and he deserves a ton of credit. I probably will hold off on on putting it near the the very top of the list. Um, you know, this was a, a game five of a second round series in which the Knicks were down three one. Um, huge game, important game. Um, but you know, we're talking about game sevens of NBA finals, yeah. and you know, even Eastern Conference finals deciding games. Um, I was thinking about Starks on the road going to Indiana in '94. Um, yep. You know, games like that that kind of get lost in the shuffle. But um, you know, when, when you know, you talk about a team making it to the finals and, and um, games like that. So um, you know, and 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 Grimes' steal was amazing. We'll talk about oh, that. Yeah. But I heard people compare it to, you know, Starks' dunk and Willis, you know, in, in terms of, um, you know, Willis limping out of the tunnel and LJ's four-point play in, in the grand scheme of things. So um, try not to be a prisoner of the moment in that respect. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that kind of out of the way, um, strictly focusing on last night, um, really impossible to overstate um, just how much respect, you, you know, Brunson earned from, from Nick fans. Um, and again, you know, we're, when you're comparing him to the, uh, the immortal teams of the seventies and those moments, yeah. and those games, and even the, the great teams from the nineties that constantly went to conference finals and, and the NBA finals, et cetera. Um, you know, the, we, as we know, this team doesn't have many of those type of moments in the last two decades, this century, right. which makes Brunson's, uh, performance really stand out 
as well it should. Um, you know, strictly in terms of numbers, uh, the only the second player um, with more than 35 points, more than six rebounds, more than uh, more than six assists in a playoff game in Knicks history. Uh, the first was the the aforementioned Will Clyde Frazier in Game Seven of the 1970 NBA Finals, um, and it's just it, it really speaks to how how well um, you know. It, it just it was the kind of the culmination of the turnaround of the franchise, um, and I thought this game was important. And we'll get into it later in the pod, later in the summer. Um, if the Knicks had lost this game, and they were remember mm-hmm. they were down twenty four fourteen after the first quarter, yeah. Randall was a no show again, was in the zombie mopey mode. It's bizarre, the whole thing. It really and we talked about it. I thought for sure the Knicks. It was imperative that the Knicks get off to a fast start. Be coming out of the 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 the, the, the disaster that was games three and four Miami team seemed flat. Um, and it looked like this thing was really trending in a really terrible direction. The Knicks had lost game five. Um, certainly if they had gotten blown out in game five, so much of the positive momentum that they had built up over the first, um, uh, you know, six months over the past six months, it, obviously all wouldn't be lost. There'd still be so much to take away from, and there's a, there'd be lots to, to be proud of, but it would leave fans with a bitter taste in their mouth hanging into the off season. Um, I think this really puts the Knicks in a, in a, in a much better place overall. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with Jalen Brunson. We'll talk about Grimes, um, another dude who played 48 minutes, um, Randall bouncing back in, in the second quarter, end of the second quarter was huge. Yeah. We'll be changing the momentum of the game by infusing it with energy, um, was huge. Um, and of course, RJ Barrett, uh, for the biggest free throws of his life, the final two minutes of a closeout elimination game, knocked down all four of them. Mitch making three of his final four free throws, um, and and five of uh, four of six in the fourth quarter when they went to hack a Mitch, um, deserves a ton of credit. So um, a lot to discuss, but I think we're definitely right to start with Brunson as he was he's been the key piece, kind of the captain and the leader of the ship uh, for for the entire season, and he led them out of really troubled waters last night. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I have no problem talking about Brunson's playoff game last night as being an all-timer for the Knicks is because of kind of what you said regarding the fact that this is a team that hasn't had these moments in so long. I almost think, and maybe it's unfair, but I almost think when I think about all-time great performances with this franchise, because so many of them happened so long ago, I think we kind of have to have a different kind of like measuring stick for what's an all-time performance. To me, it's almost like... You know, prior to when the Yankees won in 96, you know, saying, well, every moment happened in the playoffs didn't matter because of what they did, you know, with, you know, Reggie Jackson and Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth and Rogie Berra. At a certain point, you say, look, you got to acknowledge some of these other great performances, even if they didn't result in championships or whatever. In some ways, like these kind of like begin the turn towards maybe a, a winning kind of stretch and a winning era that Nick's trying but, to enter. But so, I, yeah, I'll just I'll just kind of that quickly by the Jeter flip play on Giambi. What, like, in other words, if the Knicks, if the Yankees go on to lose that game, it doesn't right. matter as much. If they, but yeah, the no, you're right. It's because they went on to win the World Series. So that's why I said, let's just see kind of what happens. But I, I totally understand your point. Yeah, and that's a fair, that's a fair point as well. But I mean, when I think of Jalen Brunson playing all 48 minutes, which is something that I felt like we didn't talk about, but I felt like was going to be very possible yep. in what we saw the last game where, again, no, nothing, nothing due to Bry did wrong, but you just saw the offenses had no chance once he went out there that a 48 minute performance on an ankle that we now know is like really not good. Like Ian Bagley, shout out to him. He's done some very extensive reporting on the fact that this guy has been getting like 24 hour treatment just to get him out there. Plenty of games. They didn't think he'd be able to play. 
So he has that performance for 48 minutes on a bum ankle. And mind you, the Heat are picking him up full court. I mean, this is not like the Heat are allowing him to get into his stuff or they're not. I mean, they are just hounding him. And to be there last night and see Dave Vincent in his grill all 94 feet. And for Brunson to do that with your team on the brink of elimination after your team starts off so poorly. I mean, Knicks play the first quarter like a team that was ready to hit Cancun. And for him to say, no, we're not going to Cancun. We're going to go south, but not that far south. We're going back to Miami because I'm going to will you guys to this W. It was special. And it was a special performance being there to watch it. It was a pleasure to be in there to watch that performance from Jalen Brunson. He really kind of cemented himself as a guy that I look at now and say, okay, he's a championship cornerstone. That's what I looked at. That's how. That's what I take from this game is regardless of where it ranks amongst the all-time performances, I say, okay, that is a point guard I know I can win a championship with. That guy puts on that performance with your back against the wall, all the pressure in the world given, even though you can say, well, what do they have to lose? Like, you know, they're down 3-1 and nobody's expecting much from them. It's New York City. It's the Knicks. If they lose that game, I mean, people already want to throw out Randall, want to throw out Tibbs. He would have been fine, but there would have been a lot of heat coming, no pun intended, coming for the Knicks heading into this offseason, despite how good a season it had been. The Knicks had to win that game. And for Brunson to do that, under that pressure, that's a guy you can win a championship with. And that is a major statement, and I couldn't agree more. And it's it, having a point guard in today's NBA is incredibly valuable. You know, it's like when you draft a quarterback. You don't know what you're going to get. You know, you take him in the first, first, second overall pick, um, you know, Darnold or Zach Wilson, or you get him in the second round, um, you know, like the Eagles and, and, and uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, you just yeah. – there's no guarantees out there, but when you see it, you see it. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's a long way to go and a lot of other things that have to happen. And the ra- roster most likely has to be f- fiddled with and flipped around and changed yeah. a little bit here and there. We'll talk about Randall plenty um, over this offseason. But the Knicks have a foundational cornerstone piece. And look at the last 10, 15, 20 championships, really, you know, going back 30, 40 years. If you don't have a quality point guard, um, it, it's very, very difficult to win an NBA championship, you know, unless you have a LeBron James type who is essentially served as a point guard for the yeah, majority exactly. of the teams that he played for, um, you know, Steph Curry's and, and you know, going on the list, even at the Bucks with Drew Holiday was was an essential piece. Yeah, Tony, you know, Tony Parker with the, with the Spurs. Enormous, you know, all Duncan and Manu and all those guys were key pieces. Um, yeah. but, but Parker was the tone setter, you know, got, got, yeah. you know, got the offense, it, it facilitated the offense. Um, you just it's it's imperative to find it the Knicks found it um I would be lying if I wasn't chuckling to myself after the game ended last night thinking about Mark Cuban somewhere in Texas and and, <laughs> and, and, and Doncic somewhere in uh, Slovenia watching the game just shaking their head be like what happened like what did we do um but you know another man's uh, one person's mistake is 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 the Knicks fans gold uh, at the end of the tunnel so uh, and Knicks fans know that more than anyone else and we've talked about it at infinitum um the, all the struggles at point guard position um to have Brunson in a Knicks uniform you know I tweeted at like two o'clock there was a there was a pregame presser um uh uh after the you know uh, um, Brunson and a, a, I think it was a Barrett, a couple other guys talked to the media after Wednesday morning shoot around. Yeah. Um, and, and Barrett's quote, you know, they asked him about the pressure of, of playing in a, you know, a game five, potentially a season ending. And his response was, we worked all off season players worked their entire lives to get to a moment like this. Um, and I, and I just tweeted it like, 
the Knicks have a chance to win three straight games miraculously, you know, yeah. uh, advance to the Eastern Conference Finals because of Jalen Brunson. And if they do it, it'll probably be because of Jalen Brunson. And my God, did he deliver? Um, and it was because of Jalen Brunson that we're here um, discussing a game five victory and looking forward to a game six. And I think, and I want to get to RJ too in a second, but I think what makes the reason why I'm so excited about this Brunson performance and why I say this guy is a championship cornerstone is now this guy is a postseason player. Like any thought that what you saw last season in the postseason and what was somewhat like he played great the whole postseason, but that time when Johnson was out, kind of a limited time where you got to see him kind of explode against the Utah Jazz. You say, okay, maybe that was just Utah Jazz. It's like now we now know when it comes to the ranking the best postseason players in the NBA, Jalen Brunson is probably in that top 10. He has to be at this point. So when you got that kind of player who you know when the chips are down and you need big moments, you need big performances that this guy consistently delivers. You mentioned the Derek Jeter comparison, which you've made a lot during this uh, during this entire season. That's what I see when I watch Jalen Brunson. He may not be a top 10 player in a regular season, but when it's right. playoff time, this guy is money. And he was, again, uh, just nails last night. Again, 48 minutes, one turnover. There were a lot of other guys had a lot of turnovers. They had 18 for the game. And that was a problem. But one turnover for your point guard, you can survive, honestly, a lot of those other turnovers if your point guard who's running the ball that much and taking the ball, carrying the ball that much, isn't turning it over. So, again, just I can't say enough about Jalen Brunson's performance. But you mentioned R.J. Barrett's quotes. And I think R.J. Barrett, it's time for him to really get a lot of flowers, too. This guy, again, that quote, I thought was kind of a big-time statement to make going into this game. I remember two years ago when he got asked by Mark Berman famously, you know, what are you going to do if you lose this game to the Hawks? He said, we're going to win this game. It's a stupid-ass question. And, you know, he didn't back it up. I kind of like the moxie from him, getting annoyed with the fact that people were asking about losing. And then two years later, he gets asked, you know, uh, you know, kind of not the same question because not too many people ask questions like Berman. But he got in a similar ilk and him kind of still saying, this is what we live for. This is what, what we're built for. This is what we worked for. Like, we, we, we want these moments. And – Again, like this was not a perfect game. Like I think he kind of took the team out of the rhythm. Well, the refs took them out of the rhythm. He had some terrible fouls called on him. But he gets two fouls early. He's got to come out. Nick's offense never really got going. For him to come back in that second quarter and know immediately he had to get going along with Brunson, that really helped steady the ship. And, I mean, since the first two games against Cleveland where he was a no-show, I mean, he's played excellent basketball pretty much the entire way. He's had maybe one bad game. You say maybe game three against Miami. Otherwise, he's been great pretty much the rest of the postseason. So when we think about where RJ stands in kind of the Knicks landscape for to present and the future, I think how he's played this postseason is also going to be considered because he was clutch. He made two big free throws. How many four four big free throws? How many free throws did he miss during the course of his? Years here in New York where you're like, man, he would have made those free throws, Knicks would have won, or he cost them a game. Like, now he goes to the line, I kind of expect him to make them. And that's a, that's a, that's a lot for his growth so far. Um, incredible. Yeah, there was points where he was shooting sub-70% for months and, and half a season, and there was the question, yeah. you know, can he ever be a good scorer? Um, you know, there were players saying that he, there were pundits uh, with large platforms saying that he should have been benched, not play at all after game two of the Cleveland series. Um, and for him to come back and establish himself, um, you know, uh, as, as one of the players you can rely on in a postseason series, 
um, is, is, is really phenomenal. Um, I was just looking at it this, uh, this morning. Um, there's 20 players in NBA history that have averaged more than 20 points in the first 10 games of a postseason, um, age 22 or younger. Uh, Barrett's on that list. Um, you know, only a few players of recent ilk, uh, Morant, Doncic, Tatum, uh, Derrick Rose, Kevin Durant, LeBron. Um, so, you know, those are the, those are the kind of names that he's put himself in the company with. Um, obviously not as well-rounded as those guys, um, but you don't need him. You know, if he, he, again, if he can slide and slot into his role, the Knicks aren't paying him max money. Um, you know, if he can slot into his role as a, um, th- uh, as a solid contributor and efficient offensive player that contributes on the boards and also on the defensive end. And that's really been talked about. I thought that the free throws obviously were the, the, the cherry on top of the Sunday. Um, but his defensive effort against um, Butler w- was, was impressive at times. And he's had to guard a bunch of different guys. Also shout out to the grinds. Not only did he play 40 minutes, but held mostly largely Jimmy Butler to 19 yeah. in the process. Um, and, and one other thing uh, on Brunson, just cause I was looking it up as you were talking, um, yeah. there are 10 players um, with at least 250 points uh, averaging over 25 points, five rebounds, five assists this postseason. Jokic, Tatum, LeBron, Durant, Curry, Butler, Devin Booker, and Jalen Brunson. Those those are the there names. You go. <laughs> um, top ten, top ten playoff player. I mean, and, what at this point? What about what? What more do we gotta see? And when you factor it in the importance of his points and rebounds and yeah. assists in the for the Knicks, when their leading score has been MIA for quarters, halves, games at a time, um, it really and and the, and the second best player, um, you know, is is a twenty two year old RJ Barrett, and they've gotten so little from Josh Hart, and IQ is wasn't here when he was here offensively, and, and has yeah. been out for a while. So for the Knicks to even advance to a game six, um, uh, Brunson just the fourth player in Knicks history to score thirty plus points three times in the same series joining Bernard King, Amari and um, Patrick Ewing. So, um, so much good stuff to go around. Um, Really, really impressive performance. And when we think about for me, like what changed from game four, really game three and game four compared to game five, number one, I thought, I thought they, the first of all, the heat started missing some shots and that helped the Knicks. The Knicks play with a lot more effort. I thought defensively, for as a whole, Randall didn't start off great defensively, but I thought everyone else would seem much more in tune than they were in the games of Miami. But uh, he started to kind of remember they're not a good three-point shooting team because you would have thought this team was the Warriors, given what we saw in some of these games, uh, you know, the, the some of the games in New York earlier in the series and then game four in Miami. Uh, he started to miss, but Nick started to make them miss, which was important. I thought also, um, as you mentioned, Jimmy Butler kept them under control with Grimes guarding him. And, and I think – some ways I kind of forgot, and I think a lot of people forgot because of how great Josh Hart played against Donovan Mitchell. Quentin Grimes is a better defender than Josh Hart. Like he's quicker, um, he's not as strong, but but he 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 moves laterally better. He can guard multiple positions better. Like he's been a better defender than Josh Hart all season. I think the way Quentin Grimes has played in the postseason has kind of made you feel all right. Hart's the old reliable. Let's go with him. When now we kind of saw like he's the better matchup against Jimmy and Jimmy. In the postgame, I thought it was interesting. I expected him, and you never know. He's a guy who definitely plays mind tricks and whatever. So I, I don't take everything he says at face value. But, you know, they kind of asked him, like, you know, what was the deal with this performance? And he said, look, I just went out there and made the right basketball plays. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm not trying to get 40 and 50 every game. I'm going to go out there and make the right basketball plays, and whatever happens, happens. If it means I score six, I score six. I heard that, and I was like, so you really thought that that performance was good? Like, I mean, the Knicks will take that performance <laughs> – a hundred times in Miami, that's what they get from Jimmy Butler in game six. 
So if you're telling me that with the Knicks not doubling as much as what we talked about and Grimes guarding him one-on-one, that that's what Grimes can force Butler into, that will make you feel very confident about the Knicks maybe finding a way to steal a game on the road. So I think keeping Butler under control, they eliminated a lot of the easy stuff. There weren't these runouts. They had some early issues with the offensive glass, but they kind of cut that out uh, starting in the second quarter. They just kind of didn't give Miami a lot of easy ones. They made Miami work offensively every possession. And newsflash, this is not a good offensive team. So when you make them work every possession, you're not giving them a million second chances. You're not giving them free runouts with Kevin Love throwing the ball 70 feet down the court. This team has to work offensively. They're not all that. And I think the Knicks finally were able to kind of lean on their defense here, and it was finally good to see. Um, G, uh, Quinn Grimes per NBA.com uh, tracking data has been matched up with uh, Jimmy Butler for 200, uh, I'm sorry, for 22.36 minutes, um, a total of 94 possessions. Uh, in the, on the, in those 94 possessions, Jimmy Butler is just five of 17 from the floor. It's 29.4% and has scored 16 points. Um, he's also dished out eight assists, so he's, he's found other ways to contribute. But um, that's the also, it should be noted, I'm just looking at it here. Um, Donovan Mitchell was three of 11 when uh, Quinn Grimes was the primary defender yeah. on him in the cap series. So, to your point, got guys an elite defender. Yeah. Um, as, as far as um, differences between games, uh, for you know the Miami games and, and back in New York, um, to me, I thought the the effort level increased and that kind of manifested itself in a couple different ways. One, loose balls, Knicks yep. uh, driving to the floor, getting loose balls, deflections, things along those lines. Um, outside of the again the flat lackluster first quarter, um, where they you know Randall didn't box out Kevin Love on one of the one of the occasions, and, yeah. and there were some other issues on that end. Um, but overall, Knicks with a plus sixteen rebound advantage. Um, it's 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 not that simple, but game two, Knicks win, uh, out-rebound the Heat by 16. Game three, Knicks lose, out-rebounded. Game four, Knicks lose, out-rebounded by 11. Game five, Knicks win, they out-rebound the Heat by 16 again. So they're plus 32 in the two wins um, and minus in the in, in the uh, two losses. You know, it's, it's a good indicator of, of, again, limiting possessions, also attacking the offensive glass. Um, so I thought those were probably the, the two big standouts in terms of uh, t- t- points of delineation. And it's a small thing, but what Tim said, now, as annoying as that loss was, what Tim said was right after game four, which is that, they were shooting all these three. They shot, I think, 40 plus threes in this game as well. And you had two these guys kind of just staying around or just kind of like lollygadding towards the front of the rim, and they kept getting balls bounced over their heads. And Tibbs said that. He said, well, we're going towards the rim, and the ball's bouncing overhead because they're shooting long jump shots. So what you did see last night where you saw those guards, I mean, Brunson, I think he had, what, seven rebounds in this game? He had seven re- uh He had uh, uh, eight, nine rebounds. He had nine. RJ Barrett had seven. Like, there were so many – shots that went long and those guys had to run in and get them there were times in those miami games where guys kept leaking out and they kept just going trying to get easy baskets when this is a heat team that is much more disciplined on the glass so you can't afford to do that you Thanks know you, you know that was teacher. highlighted you knew that was highlighted underlined it on the whiteboard box the f out guards on yeah the yeah because you didn't see Kyle lowry running in there making an impact on the glass the way he did in that uh, in that fourth quarter, he only had one rebound this game, so they they completely shut him out. I can't watch that guy play. Like, I'm sorry, like that guy doesn't play basketball. Like, I mean, he's played great. I'm not like taking credit, for, taking you know, I'm not trying to take away from what he's done in this series in terms of his shot making and his leadership and his floor general play. 
But just in terms of flopping and the grabbing, like, it was really nice to see the Knicks actually kind of get him on his some of his own tricks. Because like watching him is just ridiculous. Like he's looking to just throw himself on the ground every few plays to get calls. It's kind of ridiculous. But they kind of neutralized him. And I think that kind of neutralized his game. It didn't take him to the fourth quarter to finally start kind of get going because he's been killing Knicks for a lot of the series. Just Brunson, just talk about his impact. I mean, Lowry, uh, uh, three of eleven. You know, gave mm-hmm. Vincent three of ten. You, you know, uh, they they had nine fouls between them. Um, Brunson was matched up on Duncan Robinson for a lot of the night, which I thought was a terrible tactical decision. Yeah. So you can't give him too, too much credit for limiting those guys' shooting percentage. But obviously, those guys having to chase uh, Jalen Brunson ninety four feet is going to wear you out and take your legs exactly. on some shots. And um, why the Knicks don't set some really hard screens in the backcourt to free up Jalen Brunson. I don't know why the Knicks don't have RJ Barrett or somebody else dribble the ball up 10 feet and then hand it off to Jalen Brunson so we can initiate the offense. I don't know. It's something they need to do again. If you ask the guy to play 48 minutes, help him, you know, the the stress that he has to handle in those 48 minutes. Um, So we'll see if they can amend that going forward. I'll tell you what though, Tommy, like the times where RJ or Randall or or Quentin Grimes had to drill the ball, they're it's very true. tenuous, very tenuous times. He kind of know those guys don't got great handles. They put and a lot Gr- of pressure on Grimes, them. Grimes has been some terribly careless turnovers too. Where just some he needs he, to clean that up. He needs to work it's, on his handle. His handle's not yeah. good. Like not. And it's I, crazy because like he because he, he always talks about how he grew up playing point guard. You know, growing up in in, in Texas and, right. and that he used high school. He was a point guard. Like I'm like. I, that I don't, I don't, I'm talking about, I'm like, how good a high school point guard was he? Maybe he scored a lot of points, but I mean, like, he, he's handled, like, I don't know if his nerves, but like, they're, t- I mean, they're talking a fast break yesterday. He's just dribbling up the court and he just loses the ball and falls down. I'm like, there's no reason <laughs> for that to happen. So, um, he's got to work on his handle. A lot of these other guys got to work on their handle. And that's going to be the, the big task going to Miami because, you know, Miami's defense, you would think would ratchet up a little bit, a little more desperation, home crowd behind them. So it's going to be even harder for the Knicks to deal with that heat pressure. So everybody's going to have to take a much better care of the ball. You can't have 18 turnovers in Miami. They got away with it in New York, but 18 turnovers in Miami would probably be a loss. So that's one thing that's definitely got to change. So, um, and, and of course uh, we, we mentioned again, the, the steal by Grimes was epic uh, after getting injured by um, uh, Bam out of eye on another illegal screen. Don't understand why the NBA can't seem to figure out what an illegal screen is, but, the heat just get away with them and i don't know what to do I, again it reminds me of watching the old celtics where the kg yeah. and yep. big baby and if leon poe would just set a legal screen after the legal screen for a round at this point i don't know if it's worth complaining about but i mean a guy got hurt that's probably why i'm really annoyed about it but for grind to bounce back and still get a steal on that was great and again shout out to mitchell robinson because he answered the bell he had a terrible yep. terrible um game in miami he had two terrible games in miami really yes and yes. It was a complete non-factor so i thought Maybe outside of Randall, maybe he might have been the guy with the most approved yes. uh, last night. And he stepped up. And Randall stepped up. Like, I didn't like anything I saw from him in the first quarter. Like, he, like, the, the clock was, like, winding down at the end of the first quarter. He's walking to the locker room. No one's following him. So, I'm like, I'm like, where is he going? Like, what's going on? So, like, and I, I, didn't, I didn't realize how bad his eye was. His eye's now swollen. And he battled through that. So, good for him. But uh, he seemed to come back out onto the court in a much better headspace after he cooled off at the end of the bench. I was sitting right behind the bench. I'm seeing all this go- unfold. They were trying to talk to him. He don't seem to want to talk to nobody. Then he eventually got back with his teammates. And I thought the difference in Randall's game, I'll be honest, it might have been, I don't know if it was the second quarter or third quarter. And I don't know if they showed it on the on the, on the 
in on the, the television broadcast. Brunson thought he got a raw deal on the call, and he went after a referee. They did show that. They yeah, did. he went after a referee. It was the second quarter when, when Randall yeah. was sitting and the Knicks were making yeah, the run. He went after a referee in a, to, yes. where I can't believe he didn't get teed up. Right. And Randall was, yeah. was the one who pulled him that. away. And I, I'm talking to I'm, – I'm sitting there next to WFN's Keith McPherson. I said, wow, Randall was the one who said that? And I said, maybe Randall thought, hey, man, that's my job. You don't you don't have to go after the refs and get thrown out okay. and get teed up. That's my thing. But I almost wonder if, like, seeing that kind of maybe reset Randall like, because he came back in the second quarter and was a lot different. Um, maybe he kind of reset him, kind of put his attention on something else, getting his guy right, because they knew he knew they were not winning that game unless Brunson was going to be an A-plus game is what they got from him. So I, I think that might have been maybe a turning point in how he played, because after that, he was pretty solid. You know, a couple of turnovers, but otherwise, you know, he made his threes. He made good decisions. They moved the ball much better. The Knicks are starting to find stuff offensively against the C defense, which is a very good sign. Um, the, yeah, again, the Knicks down 24, scored 14 points the first quarter. That's the least amount of points scored in Crazy. any quarter by any team in this series. I believe in this postseason, um, I'd have to check, but, uh, you know, and Obi comes in, the Knicks immediately start flying. He gets a, um, Grimes hits a three pointer first possession, the second yep. quarter, the next possession, Knicks get a stop. And then Brunson throws the oop to the OB crowd goes crazy. Um, you, you know, get a few more buckets and they tie the game with like, you know, four minutes into, into the second quarter. And I, my sense is that Randall saw that and said, Oh my God, I don't want to be the guy that cost the team this victory. And just as importantly, I thought that three pointer that's he, first, he started attacking the rim instead of settling for jumpers when he came back and yep. got to the free throw line six times in the second quarter made four of them and then that fourth uh, Nick tied 47 47 um final possession of the second quarter Randall hits that 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 step, that back, step back pointer um yeah. to give the Knicks a three-point lead and I think in just as importantly give Randall a you know a sigh of relief maybe some confidence because as you've talked about many times he's a classic front runner when things are going yes. well when, when his shots are falling, he seems to compete on the defensive end exactly. and he's engaged and he's talking to his teammates. Um, you know, when, when he's, when he's in mopey mood and even when he scores, he doesn't give his teammates that like on the way back to the free throw line, he just, just seems out of it. Um, he started making shots. Um, and again, credit to him, started the game one for seven um, and then made his final six shots of the game. Um, you know, and I think that was tied into him playing better on the defensive end. I totally agree. So whatever it took for him to play that way, hopefully he can channel it in Miami because they're going to need him to play that way. Knicks win this one, game five, uh, 112-103 at the Garden. I will say real quick before we get to game six, I told you guys I was at the game. Shout out to, again to WF fans, Keith McPherson. He's the only reason why I was able to get to the game because no, I was not paying whatever it was going to cost to sit where I, we were sitting in that game. But uh, just for the people to understand, like, you know, we got a little bit of this ear to the ground when it comes to this Nick fandom. I'm sitting there at the Nick Lounge, chilling with Keith after the game, trying to convert him to the Nick side. I know he's a he's a disgruntled Nets fan after losing KD and Kyrie. And, you know, Keith being the starter he is, he's getting people showing him love, people saying, hey, you know, I, I think I recognize you from WFN and stuff. And uh, we had a Nick fan. I think his name was Eric. So shout out to Eric. He was like, hey, are you EJ? I'm like, yeah, I'm EJ. He's like, yo, I listened to the Orange and Blue Bloods podcast. I listened to it on the way to the garden. And I, I love you guys' show. You and Tommy do a great job. And I was like, ah, oh, thanks, man. That was awesome. So, like, hey, man, we're making some inroads. We're making some inroads. I'm letting y'all know. People going to the garden, listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, getting ready for this do-or-die game. And then they, uh, they they hitting us up. So, 
that was that was really awesome here. So shout out to Eric, great Knicks fan, great dude. We got to chill with him at the bar for a little bit. Shout out to Nick fans that are listening because I know we do have people listening, people watching on YouTube. And keep us locked in, man. We ain't going nowhere because this has been uh, quite a ride. And hope the Knicks continue this ride because uh, this is this has made this this podcast special. Knicks having this this season so far. So um, thank you guys for listeners as always. But shout out to Eric. Wanted to make sure I, I made that uh, point out there that uh, we do have our ear to the street, and the streets is listening. It's one just want to just want to put it out there. So, CJ gonna need yeah. security at, at the guard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was like Keith security. He was the guy that he was the guy that needed security. He was the guy that needed the pictures and everything. But, but it was it was nice though. It was nice to know that 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 Knicks fans are showing us love there and that they've been listening because and we know we get the numbers. But but um but that was that was dope. So shout out to the Knicks fans. Shout out to the listeners who've been following us and and let, let's talk about this game six. So you got Knicks uh facing elimination again. So they take their talents to South Beach game six in Miami Friday. The Mets, uh, excuse me, the Heat. I don't know why it's the Mets. <laughs> the Heat have not lost a game at home since the playoffs have started. The Knicks are trying to come back from a 3 1 deficit to win a series for the first time in franchise history. The Knicks have never come back from being down uh, a 3 1. Well, I guess they did once, I guess. So, uh, I guess, I guess uh, when, they, when they when they beat the Pacers. But besides that, uh, second time, I think they, they've never done this. Um, so they never, I, well, there's a stat that they never did. I don't know why I wrote that down. There's something in this series they never did. I don't know if they were down 0-2 or whatever, but either way. Um, Knicks trying to come back from being down 3-1, which has not happened very often. Very few teams have done it. So uh, what ex, what adjustments do you think that you would uh, expect to see the, the Heat make now that you've seen the Knicks get a W? And like I said, I think you're seeing the Knicks maybe start to figure this Heat offense, a defense out a little bit. Yeah, if I'm Miami, I'm – making someone other than Jalen Brunson beat me. Um, you know, I, I, if that's, you know, Barrett or Randall, um, I'd much rather take my chances in, 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 in the next season coming down to the hands of, of Julius Randall. Um, you know, they, they, they've really taken heart out of the series by daring him to shoot three pointers. Um, I suspect they'll do the same uh, and try to continue to do the same with, with RJ Barrett as well. Um, that may leave some open opportunities for Quinn Grimes. And the other thing that the heat have going in their favor is Brunson's, you know, and, and Grimes will probably running on fumes a little bit um, after playing 48 minutes, 48 hard minutes in a, in an elimination game at the garden. Um, so yeah, I expect them to kind of run at those guys in waves, use their depth advantage um, and do the things that they were successful for them last time out hustle, uh, you know, tr- try to win the, the battle of the boards, force turnovers, um, you know, don't let the Knicks get easy buckets in transition. Um, so, the, the, you know, those are the type of things that, that, that I assume Miami will look to look to uh, accomplish in, in game six. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree with that. And by the way, Knicks are, they have never come back from three one. I don't know why. I didn't trust my own notes and my own facts there. But, but um, yeah, I think from the Heat's perspective, I don't. I, it, it's always interesting when you get to game six and game seven because now the adjustments kind of become a little tough to kind of see what you're going to do because now we've kind of seen everything from these coaches. Now a lot of it comes down to like you know how these guys play, and it's really more maybe in game adjustments as opposed to like adjustments coming into a game the Eric Spolstra uh he's got you know he's got a, a, so much in his bag that it wouldn't probably he has something he can come to or, or come up with come into this game but I mean they they picked up Brunson full court they were blitzing those screens last night I thought Brunson did a good job in the fourth quarter because the Knicks kept putting Duncan Robinson in action and the Heat tried to combat that by essentially just doubling him just sending and Brunson kept running hard around Duncan Robinson to create space to essentially get the Knicks offense going and kind of force 
a mismatch or force uh you know uh, basically a, a four on three on the weak side like I, I i don't know really how they can adjust that i mean duncan robinson is shooting the ball really well he's got to keep playing so he's going to be out there and they're going to keep playing those coverages how they're playing them i do wonder if the heat find a way to they might have they they, they got to get this game back in the half court i think that that was probably one of the things that hurt them in this one like the heat are not necessarily a running team now they got some leak outs in the games three and four in Miami that, that, that helped them out, but they're not really a running team and they got some turnovers, but I think the Knicks being able to change that pace in the second quarter got the heat playing an uncomfortable pace. So I think that maybe you'll see them try to try to try to uh, try to maybe keep the Knicks back in the half court. I also think they're going to have to play through Jimmy Moore. Uh, I don't expect that these guys who were shooting the ball so well to continue to keep shooting the ball that well, like Jimmy Butler's played great, but he hasn't had a super Jimmy game yet. I am worried that like game six feels like the game where he has that game and they kind of need him to have that game. I think a lot of these guys came back to earth. Like Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin, like the, these guys are not knockdown shooters. Like that's not their game. They're good shooters, they're decent shooters, but these are the guys that you live with taking shots. And um those guys started to see some misses, especially uh, Vincent, who I, I didn't think shoot, shot the ball well at all last night. I think they're going to have to lean on their start. I think you're going to have to see a bigger game from Bam. I think you're going to see a bigger game from Jimmy Bruns, Jimmy uh, Butler. And I think you'll see maybe Spo early in the game really try to, you know, force feed Butler. Like they kind of how they did in game three when Butler was coming back from the injury. He only had 12 field goal attempts last night. Yeah. I was stunned at how little of a kind of an impact. Listen, you know, what did he finish? He finished with uh, 19, 9, and 7, which is a good game. You know, it's a solid game. Not a bad game, game, but yeah. For Jimmy, you know, for Jimmy Buckets and the the best player in the playoffs, you know, the the talk was um, for him to only take nine field goal attempts uh, in a crucial closeout game was shocking. Remember, um, you know, in in the uh, against Milwaukee, the the, the first five games of the postseason, he averaged 38 points on 24 field goal attempts. Um, and, And he was doing much of that you know, prior to the ankle sprain um, in game one. So there's, there's, you know, I, I expect them to, to go at him, you know, really run the offense through him full throttle and make no mistake. The heat will approach us like a game seven. They don't, they want, yeah, they have to, they, they have to, they want no part of Can they win a game seven? Absolutely. You know, this is yeah. a tough team. Yeah. Jimmy Butler, you know, veterans, Spo, all that stuff. Like if they, if the Knicks get to a game seven, I expect it to be a close game. Um, you know, fourth quarter, yada, yada, yada. Um, that said, the Heat will treat this like a game seven. Um, I would, you know, I, I think we can assume Butler's going to play 45 minutes, 45 plus minutes. Uh, yeah, he said he'll play however many minutes Spo wants him to play, which I think, was the, which I think it was the message to say, hey, don't take me out in this next game. <laughs> yep. Yep. And if the, you know, and listen, you know, the, obviously Vincent's going to have to, you know, from a Nick adjustment standpoint, I'd much rather the Knicks put Brunson on Vincent as opposed yes. to chasing Duncan Robinson around screens. Again, it's like 40 minutes dribbling against 94 feet of pressure. Don't have him also chase Duncan Robinson, who led the team in field goal attempts 13 last night, um, run through screens. They, and, the yeah. Heat just make it so hard to hide. Yes. They uh, do. Hide anybody on yeah. those quote unquote, like non attackers, like, you know, Struess and Robinson, they run so much of an action through those guys. You think, how do you run your actions through guys who are role players? But they run so much off-ball action with those guys that, like, it's not a break to guard Max Struess or Duffy right. Robinson. Right. And, and they, they, you can't rest on those guys. Like, those guys will kill you. So, I don't – I agree. I hate every time Brunson's matched up with those guys. Struess didn't play well last night, but Robinson did. 
Yeah, just let just do what they did against Cleveland. Like they yeah. put Brunson on Garland of all people. Darius Garland, who's an right. all-star caliber guard, was an all-star the previous season. And like the it, the world didn't blow up. Everything was fine. The Knicks won that series fairly easily. Like just let him guard his matchup. Right. And and again, a lot of it's gonna what what number 30 shows up. Is it the oh, second yeah. half Julius Randle? Is it the regular season Julius Randle? Is it the first quarter Julius Randle? First play of the game backdoor just his head in space and Kevin Love gets a backdoor uncontested layup in a half court set on the first possession of the game I mean it was literally I I couldn't believe it um when he went down with that elbow I thought like is he I didn't see him get hit you know you just saw him kind of on the floor in the baseline I'm like is he going to take himself out of the game just because he's not either mentally or physically not feeling well or it was just bizarre to see um, it was almost as if he had heard the the the, the disrespect uh, and the, and the, and the criticism of him after games three and four, and said like I'm not going to try harder. Like you guys can't make me compete or play defense if I don't want. You know, almost like a petulant child. Um, yeah. Just a, a shocking. You know, I, the the most enigmatic figure I, I've ever covered. Um, you know I, that I've seen in a Knicks uniform really as an athlete in New York and in a long time. Um, so I, I don't I don't know what to predict going forward, but I know that the Knicks are going to need him if they're going to win the series. Um, Brunson can't do them all by himself. They're likely going to be without Emmanuel quickly again. Um, they're starting backward, played each played 48 minutes. Hart hasn't given them much. Um, Barrett oh, can yeah. have that's got to change. Hart's got to have a big game. I understand that was that he had an awful game yesterday. I mean, he was he was like non playable. Non-playable because again, the 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 Heat have really sapped and neutralized him um, by preventing his forays into the paint and his transition buckets, which makes him basically a perimeter shooter, which is what he can't succeed at. Uh, but he needs to find ways to contribute by by hook or by crook, and I think yeah. he will. I think he'll have a strong bounce back game. Um, and I also would like to see the Knicks get more feature Grimes more offensively. I know he's had the turnovers. I know he hasn't knocked down that many shots, and even when he hasn't knocked down shots, his spacing has still been valuable. It's the reason he played forty minutes. But I would like to feed him, um, you know, especially early, get him some open looks. Points are going to be at a premium. They're going to need him to make some shots, make some three-pointers. Um, so that's what I'd like to see uh, early first quarter. Yeah, those two threes he hit in the first half, and they're the only two threes he made. I mean, I they were like immense. Like, it felt like when he hit those threes, because one in the first quarter when he couldn't buy a basket, then he had one to start the second quarter. Like, the Knicks offense was searching. Like, there was – it didn't seem like anybody had it going. It looked like this could be a long night at Madison Square Garden into a long offseason. Yep. And he hit those two big shots. And while he didn't hit uh, any more threes going forward in that game, I thought it did kind of loosen up the heat defense a little bit. And I think it made them say, okay, you know, this is not a guy we can leave. Because he, he hit those shots, like, with hands in his face. It wasn't yep. like these were wide-open threes. So now he hits those shots. I think when he does get the wide-open ones that he was missing, like, those clothes are a lot more aggressive. Those guys are now scrambling a lot harder at that guy as opposed to Josh Hart when he's getting the ball. They're kind of stunting, kind of saying, I hope you shoot this ball and kind of jab mind tricking him into shooting it or maybe not shooting it, which has been the whole problem with him. Sometimes he's not taking shots that are wide open that he actually has to take. Grimes, he, I agree. I think that not only was he immense in this game, in game five, I think that he's got to take more threes in, uh, in game six. I think that he, if you're looking for a guy to have that game six, John Starks in Indiana 94, I think Grimes is the guy I'm looking at. Like he's the guy that has to hit four or five threes, you know, maybe ending up with 18, 20 points and him being the difference. I think that that's the one thing from saying one thing that didn't happen in this game that I think does need to happen for the Knicks to win in game six is they got to get something 
big from someone else besides Randall, Brunson, and Barrett. Like, Nick first of all, I don't know what I'm going to get from Randall, so I, I'm I'm not convinced I'm going to get another 24 point game from him. Uh, I think Barrett and Brunson will play good. How good I think will depend on just how much they're up for the moment. But they're going to need somebody else, a Toppin, a Grimes, uh, a Mitchell Robinson, a Josh Hart. Somebody has to give them another double-digit performance, a, a 15, 20-point performance to help the Knicks get this one. 100%. Knicks scored 34 points in the third quarter. Br- uh, Brunson, Randall, and Barrett had all 34 points. You know, that, yeah. that's that's the type of thing where you – know, Two you games can't... in a row where they've had all the game, all the points. So that's that. That's something that you, you can't rely on going forward. The Knicks really need their their depth to to step in and step up. Yeah, and this is that's unfortunate because you feel like, man, if quickly was available and playing the way he normally plays, like this would feel like okay, maybe yes. he's the guy that can get you going here. Like the one thing about that win that was encouraging was it felt a lot like kind of how the Knicks beat the Heat during the regular season. Like that looked like as much of a regular season game as we've seen from the Knicks really in this postseason. They shot the three ball really well, 38%, 13 makes. Like, you'll take that. 49% from the field. They dominate the glass. Like, this looked like a regular season Knicks win. So, if the Knicks have kind of maybe found themselves a little bit in game five, you hope that maybe going on the road, something that they've done exceptionally well, not just in the postseason, but also in the regular season, that maybe they could find that, that, that mojo there. And I think another – they didn't get a good start in this game five which is something yeah. that we pointed out i think it, they can't survive a bad start in miami they can't go down 10 points you can't score 14 points in the first quarter like they're gonna have to have a really good first quarter uh, if they're gonna win the one un nicky un nicks like thing from the regular season they did they, they committed 19 turnovers in in game five yeah way too many turnovers they need to clean that up that'll give them a better chance to win game six assuming brunson comes back down to earth a little bit and you know and, and you're factoring some kind of regression to the mean from their big three and I mean, Brunson may have to play another 48. Yep. And I know this may sound kind of crazy, but if if you do want to give him a blow, they may need to play some minutes with Randall playing point forward, even if it's five minutes. Like there, there are ways they could they could finagle this to where I don't think they'll get killed. Um, because but it, it, you gotta play with, with whatever the game requires. Like to me, I don't know if Tips came in saying I'm playing him 48 minutes. Right. I think that the way the game went was very clear. They're down yeah. 10. That Brunson is going in the yep. second quarter, and it was very clear that the only way they're going to stay in this game is if Brunson is out there. So yep. he played him 48. Like they, 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 like they scored 14 points in the first quarter. Like Tibbs didn't really have a choice. I mean, if, if right. you put right in there for a couple of minutes, you you know, you, then you're down. Yeah, this game gets down 15, 20, and now the season's over. So yeah, he kind of just played the the series, the game as he, it was. He treated it like a game. He treated it like a game seven, which he should have. Which is exactly absolutely what he had to do. So, all right, million dollar question: Do the Knicks force a game seven? Uh, listen, I picked the Knicks and seven come into the series. Um, I'll That's stick not. with that. Um, you know, obviously they're going to have to earn it. It's hard to be overly optimistic g- given how, how, how poorly they performed their last two games in, uh, in Miami. But again, this is not a unbeatable team. Um, this is a team that's a little bit over-reliant on three-point shooters. Um, I think the Knicks will flop a little bit early first quarter on some BAM screens. Um, yep. I'm sure that the that the league office is being inundated with film. Um, I think Brunson should try to do that. I think, you know, wh- who's ever in the game, try to get some early fouls on BAM, try to get some early fouls. Uh, you know, when Zeller's in the game, get in the bonus, make your free throws, um, and then just have it, you know, be, be within striking distance at the start of the fourth quarter and then hand the ball to Brunson and say, you know, you, you've proven you're one of the – 
elite players in, in the sport in the crunch time and postseason um, deliver yeah. us to a game seven. And I, I like their chances if, if, in, if in fact, they can get to that point. Um, no means guaranteed. The, the other team has this guy, Jimmy Butler, who's pretty good in big moments as well, um, but should be fun. And, you know, that's uh, why they play the game. That is why they play. I, I must say they do it as well. I mean, I, I said that they would win game five. I had the Knicks in seven as well. I uh, did not feel very confident about game five. And now they got game five and kind of the way they got it. Like, right. I think getting it in a gut check, um, the offense is looking a lot more smoother. And to me, like, they kind of found something in that second half in Miami game four. Like, if to me, if I was Tom Tibbet, I wouldn't wouldn't show much of Randall's film. But I would show a lot of, like, the second half of game four, particularly Randall and Barrett. Like, they, they were scoring. Like, they shot, like, 70% in the third quarter in that game, whatever they shot. It was something crazy. Like, they I, – I think they may have cracked this defense a little bit. Now, they have to make shots. Like, you have to give right. them a chance. Right. But, like – I don't. I, I thought in, the, in game three they looked lost offensively, where it looked like they they kind of didn't know kind of how to kind of figure out what the Heat were doing. I think now they kind of have a lot more comfort with what they're trying to do offensively. I think we saw that from pretty much the second quarter on in game five. So I think the Knicks play a pretty good offensive game, and I think the pressure now lies on the Heat. Like they know they can't go back to New York, or at least they don't want to. So right. I, I think the Knicks do force a game seven. I, I really do. I, game seven at the Garden Monday night. That's going to be. That idea, zoo. I'm hoping we get it. Um, for better or for worse, it could be heartbreak, but it, it could also be uh, one of the best Nick moments in you know 20 years if they find a way to get that, get out yep. there. So, um, let's see what they do in Game Seven. That is going to be take place on Friday night. So, before we get out of here, we got to quickly mention for Game Five, Julius Randle was named to All NBA Third Team. It's the second time in Randle's career that he was named an All NBA player. He joins Willis Reed, Walt Clyde Frazier. Bernard King, Patrick Ewing, Carmelo Anthony, Richie Guerin, and Carl Brown, uh, Braun, sorry, as the only players in franchise history to be named all NBA multiple times. Meanwhile, Jalen Brunson was vote, not voted as an all NBA player. He received five second place votes, eight third place votes. Drew Holiday and John Morant were the only guards to receive more votes uh, for all NBA that did not make the list. So, uh, Randall, all NBA. Second one of his career, Brunson, no All-NBA, combined with no All-Star appearance. So when we look at Randall, and I think this is <laughs> this has been an interesting week for Mr. Julius Randall. I mean, between the comments, between the poor play, between the All-NBA selection, and then the game he had last night where he definitely did answer the bell, even if, you know, he maybe took one on the chin to start the first quarter. Like, what what do you make of Julius Randall at this point? Like, what what I don't even know. I mean, I mean, I lost for words because it's like this is kind of the experience with him, where it's like you give and you take. Like, is he underappreciated? Do these All NBA selections mean anything given what he does in the postseason? Like, how did you t- when you saw this news that he was named All NBA thirteen coming into that game? How did you take it? And then how did you feel coming out of that game knowing that he's an All NBA third player? Because yeah, no- sort of the feelings were different. Yeah, kind of, sort of, but I mean, it's just he—he's a great regular season player. You know, it's, it, it, we've we've talked about that a lot. You know, certain guys are sixteen game players, Jimmy Butler, it, you know, and 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 some guys are eighty two game players. And and the Knicks probably the no, the Knicks wouldn't be a five seed if they didn't have Julius Randle play at an All NBA level, which was completely deserved. He deserved 25, yeah. 10, and four um, completely. He was one of the 15 best players in the NBA during the regular season. That means he was durable. That means he was dependable. That means he was consistent. That means he was effective. That means he was yeah. a 
productive. He was all of those things in the regular season, all the things he's not been in the postseason. Um, uh, so, so, you know, again, it's important to separate the, the two, you know, this is not a, you know, it's delivered, it's, it's named in the, during the postseason run, but it was, it was for the, the regular season award. Um, and, and that's why Randall brings a lot of value to the table because again, if the Knicks don't have Randall at best case, are they a six seed? Are they seven seed? Would they have right. had to play Miami in a playing game to get into right. the postseason? If they, if they'd been a six seed, would they have been you know beaten by the the Sixers in round one who will look like they're their NBA finals bound at, at the moment up three two in their series versus Boston would they have played where they've had to play Boston in the first round and got stopped there um would they've had to play Milwaukee who knows what happened so um there is a lot of value in a player that can get you you know that that can play Gets really through the 82 yeah there's there's value there especially in today's NBA um so th- that that's why I think he was he was willing to award. I think last night's game was really important, um, and we'll see how the series shakes out. But even if they lose Game Six, if they had gone into the off season off a off a Randall performance that was in any way similar to games three and four, um, or even if they had won games five and Randall, or, I'm sorry, even if they had lost game five and Randall played pretty well, um, you know, outside of having a 40 point, you know, explosion, um, a lot of the loss would have been pinned on Randall. I think it would have been very difficult for the Knicks to kind of run it back um, yep. with, with, with Thibodeau and, and, and Randall being that they won game five and, um, uh, uh, now go down to Miami and, and you know, they, the fashion in which they wanted gritty, gutty, um, yeah. you know, held on, fought hard, protected home court. It gives them a lot more leeway and a lot more options. You know, in other words, they don't have to be forced. Leon Rose doesn't have to have his hand forced. I think he has a lot more leverage in trade discussions. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll trade Randall, but I need, you know, some requisite value, whether it's 80 cents in the value, however you value them. But now it's not <laughs> like, Another GM can go. Listen, I know you that you have directions from your owner who's listening to you know sports talk radio and all this yeah. other nonsense that you guys have to trade Randall and try to fix things up and don't waste Jalen Brunson's prime. Like all these conversations that would have been, would have been had, um, it gives them a lot more flexibility. Now, listen, we'll we'll trade Randall in the right deal, but we're not. You know, we don't have to trade him. Um, so I think that gives it. I think that's why Game Five was really important for the for the overall direction of the franchise. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that they have another stinker and they lose. I mean, I I, I still don't know if Randall's tradable. Like, Randall is – I don't think there's ever been a player who's made All-NBA two out of three seasons, been an All-Star two out of three seasons, who gets as little respect. And it's also on a very reasonable contract. They yes. get as little respect and as little of interest around the league as Julius Randall. Some, somebody tweeted it last night. Uh, the Knicks posted, you know, congratulations to Julius Randle, third team All-NBA. And the comments were, trade him for a ball of bags. You know, yeah. uh, I'd rather him be second team postseason. You know, like there there mm-hmm. were still Knicks fans that were willing to, you know, just addition by subtraction, you know, wave him, cut him. Obviously, you know, on the fringes and, and not really yeah. face in reality. That was, there was a sentiment there. And it wasn't a large, you know, it wasn't an overwhelming majority of Knicks fans. It was a decent chunk of Knicks fans that w- just refuse. I'm not going to watch another game if he's on the team. Like that's the yeah. kind of anger that that has kind of arisen based on those two performances. So now this buys everybody a little cooling off period. Worst case, even in the worst case scenario, them losing game six. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm happy for Randall. He deserved it. He earned it. So good yep. for him. I, it, he's almost become, it's weird. Cause it's not like this is a guy that I, I say, Oh, well, it's, it's rings culture with Randall. Of course not. No, but no. it's, but it's almost like though, I do get this feeling that like what he does in the regular season almost doesn't like matter anymore. Like 
I think he he beat the allegations that he was just a one-year wonder. Like, we know yes. that that's not the case. He's a talented player in the NBA who can be a multiple-time perennial all-star. We know that yep. now. But, like, I think he he has risen to the level of expectation where it's like, look, like, what do you do in the regular season kind of doesn't matter. Like, he won all in NBA, and, like, that was nice. But I'm still thinking about, like, what he did in games three and game four and being like, uh, what difference is all NBA make if this is what I'm going to get in the postseason? So well, again, I would just counter that with saying the Knicks wouldn't, may not have been had the opportunity to play games three and four. Right, he, didn't <laughs> he wasn't all NBA player. For some, for so, so for some GMs who are on the outside of the playoff picture looking in, they need a guy to put them over the top and may have some other pieces in place that can play. Like if you have a Jimmy Butler on your team, for instance, you know you, you Jimmy Butler's going to take 82 games off. Have, have have Randall play those 82 games, then have Randall take yeah. a few games off and have Randall take over, you know, that type of thing. Right. There's value, you could say. Right. No, for sure. And then that will be interesting regardless of how the season ends or how yes. they approach to yes. approach the offseason, assuming they don't win a championship, if that is maybe to be assumed. Like, what happens with Randall and, like, if there's a trade there, like, are you getting an upgrade? Like, are you right. trading him for, like, a star or at the very least a better fit maybe? Right. Or are you That's trading right. him saying, hey, we're trading him, getting assets back so that we can start Obi and kind of build a team around this new direction? I I, I find it hard to believe that they'll trade him, to be honest. But I think last night made it a lot. Um, they made it, it helped their cause for not having to trade him. Like, I think if they Correct. lost that game, the, the fan fever pitch would have been really loud and it would have been really bad because – Unlike last season where so many fans were tuned out because of how bad the team was, I think they were able to kind of just, like, ignore the fans who were still locked in saying, trade this guy. I think now everybody watching the Knicks, watching this postseason and seeing this, now you have the whole city saying, hey, we've now seen who the problem is and you got to get rid of him. It would have been a lot different it had that had that game not happened on, uh, on, on, on uh, Wednesday. You, w- you would have seen – you would have been inundated with articles about trading him for another – Talented but forward player, the Zach Levines, the Carl Anthony Towns, like with the yes, Nets. That's what I was hearing. Yeah. 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 Those are the names that would have bounded. And I, I, it's fascinating to think, you know, again, with contracts and salaries and, you know, his, his contract's relatively affordable compared to some other, you know, Zach Levine type supermax contracts. So there's, there's all types of things in terms of how you value a team and another team looking to shake it up. Um, so they bring Randall in and ship out one of their guys that don't quite fit as well. And maybe Randall fits better. Um, one other thing that it, it, it kind of got lost phone under the radar, but um, there was a note in Ian Begley's SNY column this morning that there was uh, uh, um, altercation, I, maybe it's yeah. a stronger word, but there was some type of brouhaha in the Knicks locker yeah. room, voices raised and co- confrontation over effort. Randall wasn't named, no individual player was named, but it was just that their season was on the brink. Um, if we're putting two and two together, reading the tea leaves, you know, the, the Knicks aren't the only people, the, the, the fans aren't the only people that see the effort Randall put on tape uh, over those two yeah. games. I wouldn't be shocked um, if a player or two had a comment about his his effort or lack thereof. Um, you know, maybe more comes out about that and enforce the Knicks hand. We'll see. Um, but, you know, something something to keep an eye on. As, I think the fact that that got out, like the fact, because how much, how like, it, like, would Randall have the Knicks protected him? And like, yeah. I think the fact that even they got out, even though they didn't name him, I, and there, there, there were other people putting out people not nearly as reputable as Ian Bates, saying that it was Randall who had this issue, perhaps with even Tom Thibodeau. But like the fact that even that got out, I almost wonder if that was kind of the trial balloon for right. for them to say, "Hey, 
we can now confirm there is some stuff happening in the locker room. Yeah, what do you fans think about it? Knowing how the fans will react, maybe make it say, okay, well, look, the fans said we had to trade him. We love Julius, but I mean, the fans couldn't take him anymore. Like, right, right, right. A right. lot of these things are done by a lot of these things are done on purpose. If Knicks had lost, would Woj or Shams have an in-depth, you know, <laughs> exactly, you know, and with with some names and some and some and some stats and you know, and, and, and a produced hit piece um, would yeah. not be shocking had they lost. So we'll we'll see if that you know it's, yeah. it still may be in the works. You know, it's still again, you know, they they may want to float a trial balloon and, and see kind of how people respond to it. And lastly, real quick, I know we've gone too long, but you think Brunson was snubbed, or do you think it was fair for him? Uh, not I don't. Yeah, I think he should have got it over Dame Lillard. Fifty-eight games played for Lillard. We talked about at the end of regular season. He would not have yeah. been eligible under the new CBA. Um, to me, you know, um, Brunson ended the season with more total points scored, more assists, more rebounds. Lillard is a better player, and he was better when he played. But I think you know there's a reason why the NBA has adopted new rules. It's because your overall value is not just on the games you play; it's your overall production, which is the, arguably the greatest thing Randall had going in his favor. Played the first 77 games of the season. Yeah, I I think that I would have put him over game as well. Um, ja and Drew yeah. they are interesting conversations, though. Very interesting. Very. Um, interesting. I would have put him over Drew Holiday. I think that he should have made the All-Star game over Drew Holiday. So I, I'm, I'm not budging on that i i think john may have got hosed like i i think that if there was a guy who got that spot i think it's between john and 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 uh and and brunson for me if i was voting i watched this all the time i probably would have voted brunson it would have been hard not to leave john i know he got suspended and had the whole thing but uh, yeah. I mean, the in guy was of, still a star all season in terms of talent he was incredible but uh, you know to your point you know like i, I and and last night was a perfect example is there a player more valuable to his team and then we get right. into what value means and, and and you know versus talent versus athleticism and all that other stuff that goes into and while it's a regular season award like do i think ja would have had that kind of game no exactly and, and which again speaks to just how much how 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 much the expectations and how 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 much respect Brunson has earned? Like I don't think that Ja Morant, one of the most promising cornerstones in the NBA, I don't think he could have had a game like that like that against the Heat. Back against the wall, need to win, he need to play forty eight minutes. I don't think he plays that clean. I don't think he plays that efficiently. I don't think you get that performance from him. So that that if there's a reason, to say hey Brunson, maybe should have got on there if you want to go parse between him and Ja, that might be one thing to look at. So. Um, this has been a long episode, but it has been a good episode. At least I hope you guys thought it was a good one. Thank you guys again for checking out this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey, WFAN original. It's a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service so you get this episode every time we drop. We drop three times a week as of now because the season is still going on. So we'll be back uh, next week. Probably, I guess we'll probably be on, on, on Monday, whether the Knicks win. Whether the Knicks lose, we'll be here uh, to give you guys the thoughts on, on, on what's going on. So make sure you guys, you guys keep it locked here. Orange and Blue Bloods, anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, make sure you check us out on YouTube as well. WFN, Odyssey Sports, both. Uh, we post our videos from the podcast, the full episodes and the segments on those channels. So check those out. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give us a comment. Make sure you rate and review the podcast on the audio uh, features as well. Tommy, let people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Thank you guys. Peace.